Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, we're not going to talk about who wins in effing Tucson. We're going to talk about ASU's new defensive coordinator, Phil Bennett. <laughs> yeah, which apparently Tucson was much more riled up about that than than Phoenix or the like. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know the story had happened until I was watching the game and I texted no. you because I didn't understand. I know, and I, I didn't know about it for days either. Um, uh, yeah, I just I don't know. Um, maybe because uh, you know I'm not working around there. I don't get exposed to it quite as much as I did. Um, uh, you know, and maybe because I'm not following the, the Republic coverage quite as much. Um, you know, maybe I'm a little out of the loop, but it didn't seem to make much of a ripple here. And, and you know, you follow ASU news and didn't hear about it either. So uh, it was one of those stories that seemed to bother. Uh, U of A people a whole lot more than it affected ASU people. Um, and I would say it would be the opposite effect, too. Like, I just, I don't know, I don't think people care as much about little things like that, especially basketball here. But, you know, U of A basketball is the the holy trinity, so um, you can't, can't say anything negative about them, I guess. What I don't understand is it, I, I'm not seeing, and maybe it's because I don't follow enough, Arizona sports social media, but I'm not yeah. seeing the obvious comeback, which is, yeah, go to Tucson. U of A wins much more home games than ASU in basketball. I, right, I, right, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess the way it was taken was, you know, well, teams are going to gonna visit Arizona and they want to win. Um, I don't know. I, to me, it just didn't really matter. Um, you know, as a lot of these things, like just, you know, um, let's just play the games and, you know, they were the better team as we expected. And, um, you know, it was, it was about, I think what both of us expected it to be, um, just didn't have the talent or the depth to match up. And, uh, unfortunately that's not the first or last time this year, that's going to be the case. And just because it's Arizona doesn't make it any worse or better. It, it just is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Felt an awful lot like a bad dream. So, like a bad dream, we're just going to ignore it from here on out and move on with our day. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, ASU announced, finally, everyone said something was going to happen on the defensive side of the ball with the coaching staff, that they were going to hire Phil Bennett to be the defensive coordinator. Bennett was the head coach at SMU for a while. He was most recently Baylor's defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, obviously... Graham wasn't going to turf his best friend, so there's been a coaching shuffle, not a coaching yeah. Uh, change. Yeah, yeah, but, which which we should have seen coming. That that's one element of this scenario that I I got wrong. I think I think just about every other element is is exactly what we talked about that they needed to bring in a defensive coordinator who would run the show and take Graham out of the equation a little bit on the on the play calling, and that seems to be. I thought Patterson would be the sacrificial lamb. I should have seen it coming that they just, you know, give him a new responsibility. Um, but overall, it's it's kind of what we thought had to happen. Yeah, I mean, they made Patterson the outside linebackers coach. Sean Slocum has not been fired. Uh, obviously, his primary job duty was special right. teams, but he was coaching the outside linebackers. There's a lot of thought that he'll move to tight ends now that the tight yeah. ends coach is gone. Um because he went to Notre Dame, right, to be with Chip Long. Yeah, our old our old guy, who's now the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. Small world. Yeah, there's been a lot of movement. Um, yeah, you know, and we'll get into 
perhaps the biggest Pac-12 coaching movement uh, yeah. over at Cal. But yeah. tell me how you feel about Bennett. I, I agree with you. It's going to be nice because he seems to be someone who Graham will let take the reins. His philosophy seems to match Graham's in that it's an yeah. aggressive attacking style and, you know, hope yeah. to gamble. I, I mean, I guess how I feel is um, it's what I was hoping would happen. And just what I what I said is that, you know, it, it sounds like um, Graham has realized that something had to change. I think we and, and many others realized it maybe a little sooner than Graham did. Um, but something had to be different. You couldn't go into another year with, oh, we're just going to, we're going to figure out the little problems. There's more than little problems. Um, uh, you know, and I, and I think you have to, you have to look at it from a realistic standpoint of, you know, nobody you were going to get was going to, um, you know, immediately make it seem like everything's fixed. You know, you had to know, first of all, there's still personnel shortcomings on this defense. So no matter how great the coach is, if the players aren't there, you know, it's not going to be great. Um, can it be better? I think absolutely it has to be better. Um, you know, so I guess I just look at it from that standpoint of, you know, yes, does he come with some, you know, questions of, uh, like you said, when we, when we first discussed this, you know, Baylor's defense wasn't great. No, it wasn't. Um, but everybody you were going to get was going to come with some questions. And I just like the fact that Graham went outside the family, as it were. I mean, he's never coached with him before. Um, so you're bringing in somebody with different and new ideas. Um, and that's good. We needed that. We needed an influx of, of something different. I agree. Um, I have somewhat breaking news, which on the podcast is completely meaningless, especially right. since no one okay. listens to us. But ASU offensive line coach Chris Thompson, who's the primary recruiter on Austin Jackson, the local offensive lineman, and George Moore, a JUCO recruit who's currently visiting ASU, Thompson has uh, apparently accepted a position to go back to his alma mater at TCU now that TCU's offensive co- uh, oh, co-offensive yeah. coordinator moved to Kansas. Yeah. Um, which yeah. Okay. here, you know, two and a half, three weeks away from the recruiting deadline or the commit or uh, national signing day, rather. Yeah. That's a big blow because Thompson's been a primary recruiter for ASU yeah. on a number yeah. of guys. Well, and I and I read last night, and I don't know if there's any, you know, uh, truth to it or, or if it will actually happen I should say but you know Auburn offensive coordinator left in kind of weird circumstances to go be the UConn offensive coordinator um, and so they've got an opening and I read Chip Lindsay is a you know a thought to be a candidate there so uh, yeah we, we you know we gotta wait and see I guess over these next few days and maybe weeks uh, see how this coaching staff actually looks because there might be more changes uh, hopefully not He'd be a tough one to lose, as, as we already talked about, you know, with head coaching possibilities. Uh, Mark Helfrich, anybody? Anybody? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell how excited I am? One uh, season in Lane Kiffin? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, you'd like to have some continuity, um, you know, putting, putting two new coordinators in place would not be ideal, um, you know. Uh, again, with the with the defensive one, you know, is is he a, is he a good hire? We don't know that yet. You know, I, I mean, we try to do that nowadays with with assistants and head coaches and GMs, and you know, we we, we want to say great hire or bad hire right away. 
we don't know. Um, you know, if the defense gets back to playing like it was in, in 2013 and 14 and we win 10 games, we'll say, boy, that was a great hire. And if it continues to be pretty bad and we win five games, we'll say, well, that, that didn't help at all. Um, until then, we just don't know. It's certainly going to be interesting moving forward from a recruiting perspective, especially it because my my recollection is not all that long ago, coaches stayed in place through recruiting yeah. and then did another shuffle, and it seems like that has all changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I kind of expected, you know, especially that since we didn't make a bowl, that you'd hear, you know, news on the defensive staff sooner than we did, sooner than January. Um, and, and it, you know, it kind of felt like to me that, well, maybe we're not going to get what we wanted here. Maybe we are going to go back with the same group. I wasn't, I wasn't happy about that possibility. So I was, I was somewhat um, heartened, I guess, just to hear that there was some change coming because, like I told you that day in text, it's, you know, our defense the last year and a half has been – like Groundhog Day and not in a good way, and anything different is good. Uh, you know, I mean, is it is it going to lead us to, to the promised land? I don't know, but we had to do something to shake things up. I agree. I, I think that ultimately this was a necessary move. Um, keeping Patterson makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Just from a I, continuity standpoint, I mean, you know, I'm seeing the articles. He's the only original member of Graham's staff who's still right, at the program. Right, right. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's easy to blame the defensive coordinator. I mean, that's, that's what fans do. They, they blame the offensive coordinator. If the offense isn't any good, they blame the defensive coordinator. I don't think it was all him. I mean, I think Graham did a lot of the play calling. And that's why, to me, just getting rid of Patterson or shuffling him wasn't enough because I don't, I don't really think he was the problem. I think, I think Graham's system was the problem in, in part, I think personnel was also the problem and that's not fixed yet. Um, but you know, we, we talked about all the times it seemed like guys just didn't know what they were doing and that's coaching. You know, if a guy gets beat, you know, a guy gets beat, you know, if you can't rush the passer, you know, those are sometimes talent things, but guys just being in the wrong place, that's not being coached correctly. I mean, it's hard for me to see any other scenario. Well, part of this for me is also what are we looking at here when the defense is on the field? Are we really gonna are we really gonna let somebody besides Graham have the final say on what play is run, or is he still just going to be audibling back? Because as we've well, talked about with coaches across the board, they sure. they devolve back to their tendencies. Sure, they do, and and. And it's easy to say in January that, you know, I'm going to give this guy autonomy and let him run the defense. And, uh, you know, you see it all the time where a coach says that, and then after two or three games, he's back to running the show because that's what he does. And, I, you know, I hope that's not the case. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying Phil Bennett is, uh, you know, the guy that's going to turn us into the, you know, 1985 Bears. He's not. But we need to be. We need to be average. If, if we were a league average type of defense, I think we would have won, you know, eight plus games each of the last two years. That's not a stretch. Um, and, and then we'd feel a whole lot differently about the state of the program. Um, but, you know, we, we haven't been. It's cost us games. It cost us the second half of the season. No question about that. And, and uh, you know, so, so I hope that that doesn't happen. But, you know, could it? Yeah, it definitely could. 
I mean, this is really going to be a put up or shut up kind of year for the entire coaching staff, which yeah. which also makes you wonder if that's why Chip Lindsay's you know possibly interested in going to Auburn, not just sure. for the raise sure. and the prestige, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a similar boat to you know, sadly, where we were with Dennis Erickson in his last couple of years, and I hope it doesn't have the same outcome. But we had this same type of feeling that coaches were leaving for equivalent jobs elsewhere. Um, and the coaches you were getting were, you know, I mean, this, this feels a lot like the hiring of Noel Mazzoni. You know, you get a, you get an older coach who comes with, uh, you know, some baggage and not in a, not in a rule breaking sense, but in a, a mixed bag of success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get a guy who's been around for a long time and yeah, you can point to some things he's done well, but you can also point to some places he hasn't had success. Um, and, and even then I had the same thought, like, well, you know, realistically, who are you going to get? You're not going to get the up and coming wonder kid to join your staff when everybody in the coaching profession knows that the staff may only have this year to prove themselves. And if they don't, it's, you know, hit the road. So you're going to get an older veteran coach like this. And, you know, Mazzoni did fairly well here. I mean, the offense certainly improved under him. The rest of the team fell apart. And so did that season. But, you know, if, if Bennett can have that same type of impact and take the take a really bad unit and turn it into an average one, maybe that's enough to win, you know, eight, nine games next year and right the ship. I hope so. Well, one of the reasons why you're not going to get the Wonder Kid is he's now coaching at Cal, or at least appears to be, with Justin <laughs> right, Wilcox right. leaving Wisconsin um, after starting at USC, bouncing around, you know, when Sonny Dykes got fired late, it yeah. made you wonder what were what were the Bears thinking? What was the athletic office thinking? And you know, getting a guy like Wilcox makes sense. It's the it's the kind of reactionary move that you see professional and college teams make. We have an offensive <laughs> yeah. coach who's an offensive mastermind. Okay, well True. now we need to take a defensive coach who's you know probably the hot shot defensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah, he's he's had uh, he's had an up and down career. I mean, he's had. Uh, defenses that you know were thought to be really really good like last year um but then his defenses at USC were not very good now you know you could you could argue that was uh scholarship numbers and things like that that contributed to those struggles but um yeah I mean he's he's striking coming off a very strong year coaching Wisconsin's defense they were one of the best in the country um you know it's it's a it's an interesting hire. He's got you know a lot of a lot of roots in the Pac-12. You know, he coached at USC, coached at Washington. I think he coached at Oregon briefly too. Um, you know, so he's been around. He's been at Cal before as an assistant. So he's certainly a West Coast guy. You know, a lot of lot of experience out here. I, I kind of thought when they fired Sonny Dykes that they had a uh, you know a more sexy name in mind. Chip Kelly was the name that everybody you know popped up right away. I guess not. So, you know, uh, it, again, like most coaching hires, like all coaching hires, you know, it, it'll be evaluated based on does he win and lose, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's not necessarily a headline maker, but if he wins, then they'll be happy with the move. This is one of those times where, you know, the old journalism class attitude kicks in and I just want to know why. Like, I want to know the background. I want to understand, did they think they were going to get Chip Kelly? Did they think they were yeah. going to get somebody else? What? Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it, it arouses questions because the reasons that you've heard 
they're not necessarily illegitimate reasons, but they're reasons that would have existed at the end of November, just as much as, you know, early January. So, um, you know, yeah, he flirted with other jobs. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he never really got the program to, to great heights in the years he was there. You know, I think the best year they had was seven and five when they had the number one pick in the draft. So, so you know, you can make those arguments of, hey, well, you know, he had a wandering eye and he wasn't really that good in the first place. But why wait until early January to make that move? It's it's a bit of a surprise. It seems like there's got to be something else there. I mean, it puts you really behind the eight ball for recruiting and yeah, for, well, without a doubt. for marketing yeah. the program to make this shift because you have to now assume that all of the coordinator positions and on down the coaching staff are in flux. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just a weird timing of the move. Uh, UConn had a similar move, um, but they didn't wait as long. But, you know, you, you figure you'll get, you know, if a team doesn't make a bowl game and the coach lasts more than a week, you figure that's kind of a, well, okay, he's going to be the coach. Well, obviously not the case at Cal. There was something there that, you know, six, seven weeks later they decided to pull the plug. Yeah, the craziness of sports – you know. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, it definitely a different approach. Cal's been one of those teams that, you know, you, you kind of like Washington State. And, you, know, you, you play them and you feel like, well, you know, they might score 40, but we could score 45 and we can beat them. That's what we did last year to beat them. Um, and obviously now you're bringing in a defensive coach, you know, is, is an attempt at least to change the personality of the program. Absolutely. Um we are going to have an interesting schedule moving forward. Obviously, big recruiting weekend this weekend, big recruiting weekend next weekend. Matt and I will certainly be back in time to give fake predictions about where we think ASU will wind up on signing day. Um, and it, But in between here and there, I have no idea how often we'll talk uh, on the record. Certainly, we'll be talking off the record. And right, right. You can get filled in on that if you know our phone numbers and you're curious. <laughs> in the, yes, indeed. In the meantime, uh, until we get back to you, he's Matt, I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.